Okay, so as Gary pointed out uh, at the end of the last year, I think it'd be a good idea to go back for a minute just to the end of Zainab and Beis to just uh, make sure we have our bearings because in order to understand the beginning of Chesam and Aleph, uh, you have to really remind ourselves what's going on in Zainab and Beis. So just, let's just take a step back for, for a second in terms of the larger picture. The larger picture of the last number of Daf is that the Gemara is trying to understand what's the need for a pasuk for the, for the word aleha, when it comes to yibum, which again is there to to teach me that uh, that that a achos uh, isha that a woman uh, that, that one of the fifteen arayas we mentioned in the in the very first mishnah, right? That if Ruvain is married to a woman and Shimon is married to another woman, and uh, those two women are sisters, right? So if uh, even though Ruvain if if Ruvain would die. Shimon, we, you know, which is supposed to Yibum with Reuven's wife, and he doesn't have any children, so Reuven, Shimon's supposed to Yibum with, uh, with Reuven's wife. Um, if, if these two women are sisters, so that, that's not permissible. Um, why not? It's not permissible because that's an Israel Rios in general, right? That you can't marry a woman and her, and her sister. So the, the Gemara had a, lima, had, a, had a lima there, that the word Aleha was there to t- tell me that, that even though when it comes to Yibum, I'm... Well, let's take a step back. When it comes to Yibum, you might have said, why not? Let, let, let me marry two sisters when it comes to Yibum. Why? Because the Yibum itself is a violation of one of the Arayas, right? And that is, I can't marry my husband's wife. Right? If my, my, my husband's wife, my, my brother's wife. Um, so if that's true, Yibum is already allowing me to violate one of the Arayas, right? Typically, a man is not allowed to marry his sister-in-law. Yet, yet Yibum is the mitzvah to marry your sister-in-law after your brother passes away. So if that's true, maybe I would think uh, it could apply to other arouses as well. Comes that pasuk aleha, that word aleha, when it comes to Yibum, to teach me that no, it's not true. And the entire time the Gemara is trying to figure out, you know, why not? Or, or sorry, what, what was the havamina? What would I have thought? Why would I have thought this is okay? So we tried for a long time to say it's a, you know, a seido chalosa se, sheish bokares, because of Shabbos, etc. We rejected all that. We tried later on at the top of Zion base to say, or on top of Zion in general, to say maybe it's an example of a klalaprat, right? Where I have, I have, uh, you know, one example that's that's pulled out, you know, uh, you know, uh, man marrying a sister-in-law, which allows me to marry uh, that that I can that typically is not allowed is allowed when it comes to yibum. So maybe all of their eyes are allowed by yibum. We rejected that as well. And now the Gemara tries a third case, and that's what's called a babem atzinu. And let's just go, just for a second, um, um, the Gemara, just go a little further up on Zanam Abayus, just to, again, just to get our bearings here, where the Gemara said as follows, um, that they wanted to try um, the following. Right, so the Gemara said, El Sakhadat al Khamina, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven lines down in Zanam and base. The Gemara said as follows, El Sakhadat al Khamina, Tasi Bamimatsini. We should learn from Bamimatsini is another example of one of the, the different ways we make Drasha. So most of the Drasha, but Meishis Ach, Ma Eishis Ach, Miyavma, Af Achosisha, Tisyavim, a very simple, uh, you know, sort of the way we started talking this morning, that just like Eishis Ach is typically for, forbidden, right? I can't marry the wife of my brother. So, and nevertheless, Yibum is allowed. So also, so also when it comes to my wife's sister, 
should also be okay. Again, one time allowing one iser, allow another one. And the Gemara explains, and the Gemara asks the question, what do you mean? That, that case is one iser. Here we have both, right? Here we have this woman is not just your wife's sister, and she's not just your uh, brother's wife. She's both of those things. So that's two iser. So the Gemara says, no problem. What would I have thought? Since you allow one thing, you allow something else. And the Gemara now to explain the concept of what does it mean, just, you know, we don't say, since you have a heter in one case, you have a heter in another case, that's just like a general principle. You have to explain in what, can, you know, what scenarios this works. So the Gemara says, you mean, not Tamra, Darmin, and Hol Ve'ishtri, Ishtri. What is it? How does that such a case exist? The sign of the following Bryce said, Mitzorah, Shachal, Shemini, Shalom, Erev, Pesach, Vera, Keri, Bobayom, Vitava. So what happens? So as Gary explained last week, the case is a person who's a, who's a, has Saras, so they have to wait seven days after they have, no longer having Saras. On the eighth day, they come to the base of Mikdash and they go through a Tahara process, which involves bringing a Korban and also having uh, the blood of that Korban placed on their ear, on their thumb, and on their toe. Um, you're probably familiar with it, you hear the laying. Bo'an yado yemanais, bo'an ragloa yemanais, bo'an ozno yemanais, right? The, the, called the buhunos. And this is part of the process of the, the mitzorah becoming tahor. But what happened to that person? Not only was he mitzorah, but then he also sees keri, right? He also had a seminal mission that morning, day eight in the morning, he has a seminal mission. If that happens, he's not allowed to go on the harabayas. So we have a problem. This individual is supposed to go to the harabayas to become Tahar from bringing Mitzvah, but he also is forbidden to go there because he's a Balkari. But there's one more problem, it's Erev Pesach, right? And if he doesn't go to the, to the Harabayas to do this process of becoming Tahar, what's gonna happen? So the problem is not, just to be clear, it's not that he won't be able to bring the Korban Pesach, because maybe he's not bringing it, maybe someone else is bringing it and he's part of their group. But if he doesn't do this, then even if someone else brought the Korban Pesach on his behalf, he can't eat it that night, right? So he needs to go to the Harabayas to be able to go through the process to no longer be a Mitzorah so that he can eat from the Korban Pesach that evening. Um, however, going on the Harabayas when you're a Balkari is an Isser. We, or, or at least there's a Mitzvah Saseh to keep such a person off of the Harabayas. Okay? Uh, so what happens? So that person saw Kerry. He, he had a seminal mission that day during the day. And now he... And that person, usually if you're a Balkari, what do you do? You go to the Mikvah? And then that evening, you're Tahor. So this person goes to the mikvah in the morning, but he's still what's called a Tavul Yom. He hasn't yet had the evening come, and therefore he's still officially not allowed on the Harabayas. So Amru Chachamim, Afa Bishayin Tavul Yom Acher Nichnas, Ze Nichnas. Right? So, they, so Chazal said, even though typically a Tavul Yom person who, again, is not allowed on the Harabayas because he's Tameh, and is supposed to go to the mikvah first, and not only to go to the mikvah, he has to also have had what's called Ha'er of Shemesh. We mentioned this before. He has to have the sundown come afterwards. So typically, someone who's a Tvul Yom, they went to the Nikvah, but didn't have a sundown come, they're not allowed on the Harabayas either. Okay, but nevertheless, this guy is allowed. Why? Mutav sheyavu asei sheyesh bokares v'yircha asei she'ein bokares. We'll take the person, right? Again, there's two asseis here. The first one to say is that you're not allowed to, that this person is supposed to be kept off the Harabayas. But there's no Isra Kares if he does go on the Harabayas. The second, the second mitzvah say is freaking Korban Pesach, eating Korban Pesach. If he doesn't do that, there is Kares. It's a very unusual case. A Kares for not doing a mitzvah say. 
So we say, let the mitzvah basically of Korban Pesach, which is more severe, knock out the mitzvah of keeping the, 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 the Balkari off of the Harabites. Okay? The Amr of Yochanan, the Torah, and Rav Yochanan says, actually, the Torah, Fidu Asela Ispei, Rav Yochanan says, Actually, it's not going, not going to Harbais isn't even a mitzvah. Say, Shinem Rav Yamodi Hoshavat, Bakhal Yudal, Ifnia Chatzer, Hachadasha, Mai Chatzer, Hachadasha. Why is it called a new Chatzer? I'm Rav Yochanan, Shechitch to Bad Varim, Varmut Fuyom, Lo Yikanes, Lamachane Levia. Because he says that the idea of a Tvuyom not going on the, not going into certain areas of the Harbais is already a Chinish that Chazal created this concept. Fine. But be that as it may, that's sort of a parenthetical point. The bottom line is, what we've said until now is that going on the Harabayas when you're a, a Tvul Yom, right, a person who, who, who's a Balkari and only went to Mikvah that morning, is a mitzvah say to keep them off the Harabayas. Also a mitzvah say for that person to do, to do um, Korban Pesach. So let Korban Pesach come and knock out uh, the, the other mitzvah say of not going on the Harabayas. Fine. But that's not even, that's just all background, right? The Amr Ula. And Ula explains what is the svar here. What's the rationale? Matam. What's the reason? So, so Ula says, I'll explain to you why this is permissible. Well, how can it be if it's an if it's a mitzvah say daraisa to keep this balkari off of the harabayis? How can we allow him on again into that the area of the chutz where he's supposed to go? How can that be? And the answer is as follows. Then and Rashi points out that. That again, we, uh, this was mentioned the other day. That in order to do this process of uh, of going ahead and becoming tahor, the mitzorah has to enter the harbayis and go to the shar nikanor, which is the 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 gate which separates the outer chutzner from the inner chutzner. And he's not allowed to go into the inner chutzner. All he does is stick his you know thumb and his toe out enough that they can put blood on it. Okay, for the bahunos, it's called. Rashi points out that this idea of the Mitzorah even going that far into the inner Chatzar is also Asr. The Mitzorah is not allowed on the Harabayas either. The Mitzorah is Tameh until he goes through his Tahara process. But what's the, what's the, the problem here? The problem is in order to become Tahor, he has to go into the Chatzar. But he's not allowed in the Chatzar. So what, what are you supposed to do? So the answer is he stands at the entrance of the Chatzar. He sticks his, his, his finger and his thumb you know, through and his... And, and you know, gives his ears so they can put the, the dam on, and now he becomes tahor. So what? So what's going on here? The answer is that the case of the mitzvah explains to us how we allow also this case of the balkari. Why? Because since we already the, the, the case of the mitzvah has given us the sort of the guideline, the framework for allowing the balkari also to become tahor. Why? Because since the, the mitzvah is allowed on the harabais, he's allowed even to stick his hand through into the chutzir which otherwise he shouldn't be allowed to do, but he's allowed to do so in order to become Tahor. So says the Gemara, since you allow the Mitzorah to sort of violate this, this din in order to become Tahor, so we allow the Balkari to do the same thing. Sort of like that the, that the Mitzorah sort of like breaks the glass in a certain sense and sort of, quote, violates the din. It's not a violation. It's what the Halakha tells him to do. But he sort of violates this, this rule because again, even a Mitzorah is not allowed into the, into the, into the inner Chatzar. But he, because the Torah allows him to do so, once he's kind of broken through and allowed him, the Mitzorah, to, to enter the Chatzar when he's not technically supposed to, because Allah allows it in this case. So, so too, you now, now it's kind of 
created this opportunity for the Balkari to do the same. Okay, if that's true, what do you see? Look at the bottom, look at Rashi on the way, way bottom of the page. Rashi, the second to the last line and the end last word says, Alma ho ishra So what do you see? You see that you have whole the history history since we allowed the Mitzorah to quote violate the Isra of going into the Chatzar in order to come Tahor. If that same Mitzorah happens to be a Balkari, so it's a permissible hint for him as well, because since it was already allowed for a regular Mitzorah to enter to become Tahor, the Balkari can also enter in order for him to become uh, Tahor from his again, Mitzorah status and then later become Tahor from being a Balkari. That's the concept of whole the history history according to the Gemara. Fine, and it's important to know it because this is going to be our conclusion, actually. Whole the history issue is going to be our, our, our case. But, but Gemara is not so happy yet with this explanation and says, wait a second, this is not the same. And the Gemara says as follows, Me dummy, Ladula. No, the Gemara says, not so fast because our case of Yibam is not the same as the case of Ula. Why not? As follows. So says Gemara as follows, now on the Chesamelav, Tainach, I understand Hecha the Nasa Mace Veachakach Nasachai. I understand the Migu, the history, Isra Eshes Ach, history Nami Isra Achos Isha. So, what are we talking about here? So, we're talking about, again, you have Reuven and Shimon. Uh, I, I, I posted on the WhatsApp actually a. Um, a I'm going to try to share my screen actually for a minute. I had posted on the WhatsApp. Um, a document, uh, you know, a, a new chart, which I'm going to share with you right now here. If I can find it here. So, right. So let's take a look at this. Uh, doesn't really matter for right now. Let's take a look at this case for right now, right? Reuven and Shimon, and Saru was married to Reuven. Can everyone see it? Yeah. Okay. So. So let's explain one at a time. Here we go. So the Gemara says as follows. When we say Nasa Mace and Nasa Chai, what do we mean? So Nasa Mace means that the Mace is the person who will eventually be the Mace, right? So Reuven, who's going to eventually die here, so he's Mace. Chai is the brother who will eventually, who will remain alive and become the Yabba, okay? So the Gemara says like this. If I have Reuven, right? right? Nasa Mace. For right now, I don't pay attention to the words above this thing. It's talking about the next case coming up. But just for the purposes of our, uh, of our conversation, this, this picture works just fine as well. So, Gemara says as follows. I understand the case, the Nasa Mace, for Achar Nasachai. Meaning, Reuven gets married, right? And Reuven marries his wife, Sarah, right? And what happens afterwards? Achakach Nasachai. Afterwards, Shimon gets married. Right? Look at Rashi. Tenach hecha tanasa meis es isha zu techila v'nasis ha'nasis isha sa'ach alzeh. So what happens? You know, let's actually use this case. It's easier to look at. Okay? So, uh, Ruvain marries Sarah. Okay? And then Shimon marries Rivka. Sarah and Rivka are, are, are sisters. Okay? So Ruvain marries Sarah. The mace, the guy who becomes the mace eventually, marries his wife. And then Shimon, afterwards, marries Rivka. Why does that make sense? Why do I understand that case? In that case, what was Sarah to Shimon? First, Sarah, because what were we trying to, Sarah was first, the, her Isra to Shimon is that she is Eshesach. She is the wife of Shimon's brother, right? 
And then what happens afterwards? Shimon then gets married afterwards. He marries Rivka. Okay? Now what is Sarah to Shimon? She's now also Achos Ishta. She's now also his wife's sister. Okay? So we said, what are we trying to say? We're trying to say, Heichi the Ishtari Ishtari. Right? Since one Ishtari becomes permissible, let's allow the other Ishtari to become permissible as well. So we're saying, now that uh, Shimon's allowed to marry Sarah, even though before, again, she was ushered to him, she was his brother's wife. Nevertheless, the Torah allows that. Oh, so since the Torah allows marrying your brother's wife, maybe the Torah should also allow marrying your brother's wife when she's also your wife's sister. Right? So Gemara says, you know what? In that case, I understand. That makes sense. All right, what happens? Look back on the Gemara. I understand in a case where first Reuven gets married to Sarah and then Shimon marries Rivka. In that case, we, this is similar to the case of the Balkari and Mitzora. Why? Because the Isurim go in the correct order, right? What's the original Isra of Yibum? Eshazach, right? Not, not being able to marry your brother's Wife, that's allowed by Yibam. Good, that was the first Isra that, that, that existed in this scenario. Now, the second Isra that existed in this scenario was that you're, that you're married now to your, your wife's sister. But that was second. So I could say, okay, since the Torah already is allowing the first Isra, which is being able to marry my brother's wife, so came in the Ishtari, Ishtari. So now I can allow, allow you to, to, to violate the second, you know, we, we now release the second Isra, which is Ashes. Um, that the Gemara says I understand. However, Ella Nasa Chai Ve'achachach Nasa Meis Isser Achos Isha Kadim. But what if the example was the opposite? Use the same chart, but imagine the opposite order. Shimon first marries Rivka. Okay, Shimon first marries Rivka. What is when Shimon first marries again? Reuben doesn't exist at this point. Reuben's you know uh, you know uh, he's a uh, he's a bachelor somewhere. Okay? Shimon marries Rivka. When Shimon marries Rivka, what is Sarah to Shimon? She's his sister-in-law. Right? She is his wife's sister. Okay? That means his original relationship with Sarah is through Achos Ishta. Then what happens? Shimon has a buddy, Ruvain. He introduces him to his sister-in-law, Sarah, and they get married. Great. Now what happens? Now Sarah is ushered to Shimon. Why? Again, for two reasons. But the, the second reason now is because she is his brothers, his brother's wife, okay? In that scenario, what happened? You have the opposite. The Yisurim have, have come into play in the opposite order. First, she was ushered to Shimon because she was the, his uh, wife's sister, and only afterwards is she now ushered to him because of uh, being his brother's, his brother's wife. So that's true. That's not how the, this process is working in Kavan the Ishtri Ishtri. Kavan the Ishtri Ishtri is telling me since the original Isser, again, the original Isser by Yibam always is Eshazach, right? The, since the original Isser, Kavan the Ishtri, since I'm allowing you to marry your sister-in-law through your, your, your brother's wife, so now I lie to marry your wife's sister. So here it's the opposite order. It says, Gemara, that's not going to work. El nasachai kadim. If that, in that scenario, the Isser of the, um, the marrying your wife's sister, that came first. And in which case, the whole process doesn't make sense. And the, the assumption the Gemara at this point is that the only reason 
Kevin, the Ishtri Ishtri only works. You have to have the original, more fundamental Isser, you know, become Mutter, become permissible first and kind of clear the way for the next one. So because the more fundamental case, in, the, in, the, in this case, what we said, is the, what the, what's the whole point is that we're learning from the original Din, which is Yivam. Right? And then because Yivam already um, allows this Isser of marrying your, uh, your brother's wife, which is a big Chiddush, because otherwise that's, that's forbidden, so that's now opening the gateways for other Yisrim to become permissible. But the Gemara assumes at this point that that's only going to work if the way that the actual reality of the, of the scenario works out is in the same order that the Torah is allowing. Fine. And the Gemara takes it one step further. Vafilu nasameis nami. And even if you're going to talk about a scenario where... Um, even if you're going to talk about a scenario where um, the man who eventually would die gets married first, I have, I'll tell you a further problem with it. And that's as follows. says the Gemara. Even if the case was that, again, that Reuven got married first. Because Reuven getting married first, again, makes Shimon's, Shimon's relationship with, with Sarah, right? it creates a scenario, again, where their first relationship was the prohibition of, um, of uh, Eishas Ach. Okay, even in that case, we still have a problem. Right? He says, I'll tell you what, what case works. Um, here we go. This one. Okay, this case. Because I'll tell you what case would really work. When does this whole thing really only make sense, says the Gemara? In the following scenario. Reuben marries Sarah. And what happens? Before anything happens in Shimon's life, Shimon's not married at all. Reuben marries Sarah, and Reuben dies. Okay? So what happens? Shimon is not only connected to Sarah, Shimon is supposed to do Yibum with Sarah. And then what happens? Shimon goes ahead, and he marries Rivka now. Okay? He goes ahead and he marries Rivka, and then afterwards, he wants to do with Sarah. So, again, you maybe look at it here, maybe it's easier to see. Okay? Ruve marries Sarah, and he dies. What happens at that point? Shimon has a Zikal Yibum. He's supposed to do Yibum with Sarah. Okay? And then what does he do instead of that? Nasachai. He marries Sarah's sister. Okay? So, again, what happens in that scenario? The Chazile Beni Beni, meaning in between the two, two marriages, what happened? Shimon was permissible. Shimon and Sarah were permissible to each other, right? Again, the scenario is that Ruvain gets married to, Rif, to Sarah, then he dies. Shimon now has the ability to marry Sarah. Right? She's, she's his, he's the Yavam, and they should be doing even with each other. Shimon then, instead of marrying Sarah, goes ahead, and he marries Rivka. So what did he do? Now there's, so Sarah was originally Asura to him, right? because she was his brother's, sister, brother's wife. What happened? Ruvain dies, Sarah becomes Muteris. She becomes permissible to Shimon. And now what happens? Shimon marries Rivka. So now what happens? Sarah becomes a surah to him because she is now his wife's sister. So now the Gemara says, in that scenario, now I understand that that should work. You should have said, you should say, cave into history, history. Since Sarah was really already permissible to Shimon through the mechanism of Yibum, she was originally usher to him and now is permissible to him. So now, since you allow her to marry Shimon for that reason, so let's, okay, so there also happens to be another problem that she is Rivka's sister. 
Yeah, but Kevin the Ishtri, since he already knocked out this Isser of Eishazach, let's also you know, we provide, we cleared the way now to allow, um, to allow him to marry her, even though there was the Isser of being the, the, his wife's sister. Can I ask a question? Yeah. Why do we allow Shimon to marry Rivka before he does Salisa with <laughs> Or she, or even with her. It's a good question. I mean, the answer is, the fundamental answer is because, the question was why, why should Shimon be allowed to marry Rivka before he marries Sarah? So the, the answer is Shimon's allowed to marry multiple women. Right? So it's a good question if, in that scenario, I mean, in, the, in the times of Chazal, right, we're still dealing in a situation before the Chaim Ravina Gershom, we're, we're, we're allowed to, they're allowed to, men were allowed to marry more than one wife. So in theory, if Rivka wasn't Sarah's sister, there'd be no problem. And Shimon can marry some other woman, and then he'll go ahead and marry Duyibum. He can do that. So I, again, um, so so again, once the halakha is what it is, it could be it would be forbidden for Shimon to do that. I'm not sure, but the at this stage, the Gemara is assuming that it's still permissible because again, let him do Yibum, let him marry Rivka, and then do Yibum with Sarah. There's no reason why he can't do both. So, and, he, and, and if anything, the Gabar is creating this scenario as, as the example of when I at least might have thought that this would be permissible. That's the whole point here. That's what we're trying to create. You're right. It's a good question if going forward, would we allow such a thing in the But the point the Gabar is creating this theoretical case to a, a scenario where it would be permissible, uh, where, where it would happen. Because if that would happen, what would happen? Now, the point is, in that scenario, what happens? You now have a um, in between when Sarah, when Reuben passes away and Shimon marries Rivka. In between, Shimon and Sarah were permissible to each other. That's the point. And since they're permissible to each other, now when he goes ahead and marries Rivka and sort of messes things up, we might have argued, came into history, history. Since you already allowed Shimon to marry Sarah, even though there was the Isra of Eishazach, allow him to marry Sarah, even though there's the Isra of Achaz Ishta. Let's just finish the, up the Gemara. We're kind of running out of time here. Um, and the Gemara says like this. So I feel the Nasa Mes Nami I get it in this case, right? Reuven marries his wife and then he dies. And then Shimon goes ahead and marries the sister. Because in between, Shimon and Rivka were permitted to each other. Shimon and Sarah were permitted to each other. Right? But if, if Reuven would marry Sarah and not have died yet, and then Shimon marries, right? Uh, Sarah's sister, Shimon marries Rivka. Um, sorry. Ela nasa meis velo meis ve'achar nasa chai lo ichzile klal. What do you mean? There was never any time when Shimon and Sarah were permitted to each other. Milo modi ula shimra keri balel shmini she'ein machnis yada lebehunos shal yatsa b'shash shehiruuya lahavi bakorba. And and why is this? similar to our original case. Because in our original scenario, what happened? Again, the man was, per, was already day eight of being a Mitzorah. He's already out of the woods. He's already finished his seven days of being Tameh. And it's only then that he becomes a Balkari. In that scenario, we say, look, the guy's already permitted to go on the Harabayas and bring his Korban and do his Dam on his thumb and his, and his ear, etc. Because at that point, the morning of the eighth day, he's already clear in terms of his Sarah status. And that's why when he becomes a Balkari also, we say, well, it's okay. Because basically from the Tzara's perspective, you're already ready to go. You're already open. You're free, right? We just got to finish it up. The point being that the scenario that if you want to compare the two cases, 
then the case of the guy becoming a Valkyrie in the morning of day eight is really only similar to a case of the situation where Reuven had already passed away before Shimon ever got married. Because again, Shimon and Sarah then are totally permitted to each other. And only then you find the new Isser when he marries Rivka of, the, of, the, of marrying sisters. So the Gemara at this point says, if you want to take the entire um, scenario, the only way these two cases are, are similar is in this one scenario where Ruvain marries Sarah. He dies before Shimon ever gets married to, to anyone related to Sarah. And then Shimon is permitted to Sarah because they, because, through Yibum. And he goes ahead and he marries Rivka before he does the Yibum. And in that case, he's created a, sort of like a second Isser before he was able to deal with the first one. That's the, in, in that scenario, what would I have thought? I would have thought, came into Ishtri Ishtri, since he can marry Sarah because the Yibum, because the Yibum status knocks out the Isser of marrying your brother's sister, your brother's wife. So I would have said, cave in the history, history. I should also be allowed to marry Sarah now because, because the Isser of, of marrying my, my wife's sister also shouldn't apply. So th- and that, that scenario is one where I would have had the Havamina that this halacha would have been correct. I would have thought I can marry Sarah in such a case. Only this unique case. And so says the Gemara, that is the scenario where I would have said, um, so the Gemara concludes, Ela ki itzterech aleha, the word Allah by Yibam, Hecha de Nasa Meis, Umeis, Fa'achach Nasachai. This scenario, which we talked about, that's the case where I need the word Pasak Allah. Again, I would have had the Havamina, then in this situation, Ruve marries Sarah, and then he dies, and then Shimon marries Sarah's, Sarah's sister before doing Yibam. I would have thought in that scenario, Kaven the Ishtri Ishtri, since I can marry Sarah because she's my, the, the Isra of Aisha's Ach has been removed. I would think the Isra of Achaz Isha was also removed. Comes the Pasuk to tell me, no, that's not true. And that's still, in that scenario, you can't marry Sarah. That's not permitted. We only, the only Isra that is removed is the Isra of, of, of uh, Aishas Ach. We never remove the Isra Arayos of Achaz Ishto. And by the way, that's how we learn all the 15 other, 14 other Arayos in our first Mishnah come from this, from this Limur. So the point is that we're going to have more examples as we move on in the Gemara. But the point is at this point, the Gemara explains at least one scenario where I would have had the Havamin, I would have thought to allow Yibum in the scenario of Achos Ishto, and therefore I need the Pasuk Allah to teach me not. And uh, so we, we've concluded that, that piece at least. I'm sorry we went a couple minutes over today, um, just to kind of finish that point. And now uh, we'll be able to continue the Gemara with some other, uh, other things.